All right. Uh, test run, baby. Woo! Hopefully it works. So I'm recording for <laughs> to let you know. Um, we're testing something new today. We are separated. We are trying to try out this remote uh, wisdom recording. Uh, so maybe I shouldn't even named it or numbered it. I can hear it. you. So can hear you. you can hear me? Nope. No. Like we can't hear you on the on the chat. Oh, on the chat. You mean on like uh like wisdom. I hear you. Uh oh. Uh oh. One second. Oh man. This is bringing back some memories. Uh you can't hear anything then, right? Nothing. Not a single thing. I can see the the rings yeah. moving, so I don't know if people on on Wisdom Live can hear, but oh boy! But I can't even see you move on the rings here. Are you are you on the Wisdom app? Are you signed in with yeah. our account? No. Are you sure? My personal account. Are you sure? Because I see listeners. I don't see your name on there. Am I signed in as yours? I no. think you're signed in as the. The wisdom app. Oh, you're right. You're right. That's why. God damn it. Let me. It's all right. Oh, it's because we had to do it last time, huh? Yeah. Yes. I I don't know how how this works when you have the same person signed in twice, but we'll figure this out in the future as we go along. We will have um podcasts that we do remotely. Don't talk. Don't talk. See, it's not popping up on my end, so you're not hearing me on the mic. Okay, but you made your own account right now. No, make I'll sign out here, I guess. Yeah, sign out completely from the wisdom and then sign back in with your own personal one. We're trying to figure these uh, growing pains of trying remote uh, podcasts from time to time just because, you know, situations come about that we'll have to record um, remotely. So we're just trying to see how it would feel like. Because unlike a lot of... Uh, we're doing something really stupid and not very unique. What we're doing is we have three hosts for this particular podcast. So we're not always able to be in the studio at the exact same time. We wanted to give ourselves the option to do this wisdom recording remotely. But as you can imagine, tying in three people to one uh, wisdom broadcast as the same person can be a challenge. So, you know, thank you for um, thank you for dealing with us. And maybe you already clicked off of us. If that's the case, then I'm just talking to the ether. No problem. I give it a second here. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. You just passed us. God damn it. Okay. All right. No problem. No problem. Worst case scenario, we would have to invite you guys as a guest, right? I think if that, if the worst case scenario, we couldn't get the remote recording to work. I can hear you. What about can yourself? You. Can you hear yourself? They, they can't hear me. No. No, they can't hear me. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to have to change the guest length when we do the recordings together. All right. I'm going to end this and then restart the exact same one on Wisdom. I'm going to have you invite. I'm going to invite you over for like an hour or something just so we can finish the recording. Fine. Let me see if there's a Wisdom app. I'll just use it on the computer. The Wisdom app? No, I mean, you have it on your. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's not really a way to do it on the PC yet. Terrible. Yeah, well, I mean, the app was made for one person to talk to another person. We're 
bastardizing this app. I know, but I'm talking about, can we do that on... They're going to think I'm crazy because they can't hear your audio. And they're just going to straight up think. Why don't you join join from your phone right now while you're trying to look for that uh, solution? Just so that way. I'm not crazy. At least the people that listen to this recording, this exact recording on Spotify in a couple of weeks from now, they're going to know that you're talking and I'm talking. But for the people now, it's just, I'm insane. Which is fine. I'll take that. Okay. Um, gotcha. Okay. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, I can hear you. Yep. If you have a, a Mac, you can actually run this, uh, the app version of Wisdom, which is a, a good workaround if you decide you need to do it from your PC instead. Or Mac, sorry, for those people out there that get triggered. Um, as soon as you're able to let me know and I can add you to the uh, recording. We have a recording, we have a podcast to record with um, Mr. Bob Lament from Static Radio, one of the oldest podcasts, along with like Adam Curry's era of uh, original, original podcast at 1130. And he's a friend of the podcast, so we're excited to have another conversation with him. But we wanted to try to take this time to just do a, a recording right now. And here is, oh my God, you use your government name. <laughs> why, why would you do that? Why would you do that? You, do you mind? Like, do you want me to? Do you want to edit that before I let you join in, or how do you? Uh, all right. I guess it doesn't matter. So I'm gonna just. Oh, it looks like yeah. <laughs> all right, this is fun. This is back to the days where I used to talk to myself, um, because it was only one listener. In fact, that's probably what's going on right now, but. Uh, all things set aside, we appreciate the community on Wisdom, appreciate how much growth the community is doing on its own. We always believed that many voices would, you know, be the ideal way to kind of run any kind of uh, community because you want everyone to be able to express themselves. Many times in history, uh, the greatest, whether it be the evilest people, they always had the option to leave memoirs, leave diaries, leave something behind for for the average person, there was really no way to really know who they were besides myths and legends and other people's, you know, versions of their story. So it's nice to know that we have the option to, you know, leave something behind uh, when that day, you know, the expiration date comes. Um, let's see. I'm trying to get our co-host on. In the meantime, Dante. I might have said that wrong, so apologies if that's the case. Welcome. Hey, uh, yeah, you said my name right, bro. How you doing? <laughs> We're trying to work this uh, audio. It's an issue. But uh, anyways, how's your morning going? What do you want to express, man? How you been? Uh, my morning is, it's been going pretty steady for real. Uh, uh, what is the purpose of your uh, of your podcast, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, no, I, that's a valid question. I don't think there is a purpose. We're not we're not trying to change the world. We're not trying to do anything special. If anything, we just want somewhere to talk, you know, to a large community. We want to 
know more about people, know different viewpoints. We usually end up debating. We drink a lot some of the times, yeah. but that's just us. You know, we just kind of hang together and just express. That's what's up. I like that. I like that. Um, well, uh, another question before I continue speaking, just so that I know, like, just so I don't offend anybody or anything like that for me, uh, is like, like profanity. Okay. And like what I speak about, like, do I have to keep it like rated, like, like PG type, type of deal? Absolutely. Don't even say the first letter of a bad word. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. No, no. We express yourself, man. Don't worry about it. There's no filters or any worries. Uh, with the community that we've uh, kind of built out over the the last couple of years of doing podcasts, there's no worries about that. At least not with us. You know, I, I know there's other people that are kind of sensitive to it, and I I respect it just like I'm sure you do. But you know, with us, don't worry about that. All right. All right. Great. Now, with that, for me, I do have something that I do want to speak to the viewers that you have listening to you right now. Uh, this is really directed to all my minority groups, my African-American, Latinos, Mexicans, everybody, like all minority groups. Like, I feel like we need to realize what's going on right now and we need to come together at any time now. A lot of the stuff that's going on with the government, like they're they're showing more and more every day that they don't care about us. I mean, we've been asking for hundreds of years for equality, hundreds of years to be treated fairly, hundreds of years for everything. We've been asking and asking and asking, and we don't get no type of results until our hundred thousandth time asking. I feel like we need to be able to come together instead of fighting one another to create a better habitat to live in rather than like putting your entire life into the government and trusting that they're going to make everything okay we need to set up our own backup plan because the government isn't like they don't they're not obligated to be our friend so i mean if at any moment they want to destroy this entire uh society they really have the power to do so and nobody thinks about that and nobody moves on that I feel like COVID showed just how much control they really have over our lives. And nobody's doing anything to be able to protect themselves, protect their families, or anything like that. They've shown multiple times that they're capable of doing outrageous and crazy things in in the blink of an eye. Feel me? Yeah. I feel like right now we need to start creating our own stuff. Yeah, we talked about this uh, a couple of episodes ago, and we've talked about this in the past. You know, there's easily people can fall into a mass psychosis, right? Where people begin to yeah. work in crowds and just believe whatever, you know, wherever everyone goes. But it's a big problem, Like, So if you could make a, a, a way to a backup, like you were saying, what would it look like and how would it work? I would create, I would bring back segregation again, personally. I feel like segregation wasn't really segregation the way we've seen it as segregation, feel me? It was a finesse. They made it seem like what they had going on was so good that we just needed to be a part of it. When we really had the opportunity to create our own shit. We built America. Minority people have built America. So for all, for all, we chose to build what they wanted us to build. This isn't what we really wanted. So if we choose to rebuild America, I have no doubt in my mind that it will be way better than what we originally did. I feel like let let the white people have they like let the uh not even just white people but let the uh let the people at the top of today's class 
have their own stuff. Y'all have your own schools, have your own hospitals, have your own police officers and law enforcement, have your own stuff. But allow us to have our own. Feel me? If you run out of time, jump back in just in case, because I know the time is ticking. I, I really want to hear this. I really want to yeah. talk to you about this. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, I want to, before, before I wait, it's like five seconds left, and I'll just join back in to continue. Okay. So I don't lose my spot. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I think that's a good, uh, that's a good point, because we talked about segregation not too long ago, actually. We, uh, we talked about the importance of, like, not denying the fact that people were, obviously, a lot of people don't deny the fact that slaves and a slave system still, to some degree, exist. But I think it's not fair to not ask for reparations, to not be able to get something in return, especially for the suffering that her family went through historically. And I, I know me and my other co-hosts, we had a kind of like disagreement on it. We kept going back and forth on it. But what's your opinion on that before we continue down the path you were going? Because I think that's that's a good conversation. That's a good point to talk about. Right. And, and I do hear you about reparations and things to that nature. But honestly, like, because at one point in my life, I was on the same type of time. Like, we need some type of reparation until I realized what can they give us that isn't already ours? Land, it's already ours. Money is is fictional. They made it up. They created value over that dollar bill. So we really don't even need that, bro. Just give us our shit back. I don't need no reparation. Just give me my shit back. Like, I feel like that's why I, that's why I brought up segregation. Because ultimately, we're not about to just be able to get everything back. They're not going to do that. Just like, like, just like they wasn't going for it when they first came here, like, in order for us to get our stuff back, we have to do what they did and take it back. We have to create mass murder and, and enslave people in order to get what we want back. And we're not that. But we're better than that. As a people, we've learned more than that. So just give us, just give us a good section. Give us our own spot. That's what we need. Our own spot where we can teach our kids proper medicine, how to actually use the right uh, herbs to heal their bodies. Because the stuff that they feed in us for what they say is medicine is just chemicals that kill us slowly. Yeah. We don't we don't really know about eating eating natural uh fruits and vegetables, eating roots from the ground to heal different types of uh diseases in the body. People don't uh look into stuff like I read a lot, bro. I read a lot. And you really be surprised with how they finesse us into thinking that eating natural foods and eating natural like going going about things with natural remedies is actually way more effective and better on your body than using any type of western medicine that they have teaching in schools it actually came from rockefeller and you can look this up rockefeller is the reason why we have this westernized medicine uh program in colleges and schools because for for before that we all knew exactly what what healed us for everything like yeah, there's an, there's an argument to say that the education has made us dumber over time because if we were too smart at one point. We were becoming too educated on certain topics, so they had to like dumb it down in a lot of ways. It seems to be this is a, a proof of concept, right? This is what's happened after they implemented changes to the educational system. Most kids get out of college, most kids come out of high school not knowing how taxes work, not knowing how to manage money very well, but they know a lot about you know ancient history, and none of that helps you know in this day and age when we're playing by different rules to some degree. Right. Why is it that we're learning about, uh, why is it that we have to learn about different uh, scientific facts about irrelevant things, feel me? We have to learn, we have to read books in school that nobody really wants to read. Like, William Shakespeare, feel me? Don't get me wrong, he might be notified as such a great 
uh, author, but there's no point in reading his books. They don't teach you nothing. You don't learn nothing. It's just a bunch of words that you're reading. And that's why nobody wants to read. Feel me? School is set up for mind control to, to put you in a, in a mindset to where nobody wants to learn outside of school. And whenever you're in school, they're filling your head with bullshit. So what do you have? You're, they programmed you to be exactly who they want you to be. Yeah. Whenever you get out of school, you want to do everything besides learn. When you're in school, you just retain in the knowledge so that you can pass the test. You don't care about what they're telling you. Yeah, they remove the value of learning and applying in your life. The, wis- the practical day-to-day wisdom is something that you don't appreciate in the schools because it's not teaching you something useful. There's a lot of situations like in, in our podcast, for the three of us, we grew up in a... Uh, in one of us grew up in a rural area. The rest of us grew up in what you would say is the hood, right? We grew up with some ghetto intellect. We had to learn from some of the lyrics and music was the one that kind of drove us to start researching things. And then from there, we had to educate ourselves, understand how to speak in certain crowds and certain people. That's how you grew. But you didn't learn that in school. Right. That didn't apply that. And I congratulate you on that, though, because not everybody has the curiosity and self-discipline to do that. Feel me? So, like, like why is it that we're not learning the law in school. I feel like if we should learn anything in school, it should be the laws of America because if we break any of these laws, we go into jail. We can find for our entire paycheck, right? But we don't get taught the laws in school. Like, nobody thinks that's weird. Yeah, that's true. And in certain neighborhoods, certain uh, affluent neighborhoods, that's one of the first couple lessons they learn when they're going through school. They put a lot of heavy emphasis on that because they're private schools. They can choose a curriculum compared to going to a public school. The curriculum is ever is always changing. It's always shifting. Things that the parents know don't match what the kids know. The parents can't even help them in their homework in some situations. And even if it wasn't that the case, they still they still don't have the ability to kind of relate to their kids, which is, again, it breaks the family unit. But something that you were talking about, regarding well, going back to the idea of segregation, um, it's a heavy topic, right? Because it seems very hateful to talk about that. But if you really think about it, if you were to go down a path of utopia and you want everybody to eat the same food, dress the same way, be the same thing, you think that's equality. But then that's also taking away the human spirit because humanity as people, we live in an inherently chaotic world. There's beauty in chaos. We just talked about this yesterday. The, the, most, the most dangerous things in the world are usually the most beautiful things. The, the most beautiful animals are the most dangerous, the most beautiful waterfalls, the most beautiful natural scenes, the Sahara Desert, are some of the most dangerous places to be on Earth. You can't live life ignoring danger. You have to accept it to some degree. You have to have balance. You can still love and be, you know, understand, you have empathy for people, but people deny that. Right. Right. I feel exactly what you're saying, bro. And I feel like the big problem is people have to understand there's a difference between equality and equity. Because what we have right now is, in their eyes, equal. Because minority races, like whether they went to admit it to you or not, really they have admitted it, it we're, we're genetically advanced, feel me? So they have all these laws in place so that we can be, in their, their eyes, equal. Equal and equity is two completely different things. Equal means we both starting at the same place, feel me? And we go into the same destination. It's the same distance. We both get in there. But you could be 6'5", with stronger legs, (laughs) stronger muscles. And I could be like three years old with little ass legs. We both, yeah, we both at the finish line. I mean, we both at the same starting line. And we both go into the same spot. But honestly, who's really getting there first? Who's really winning this race? Absolutely. So what they do with us, feel me, we're all at the same starting point, no doubt. But all the minority races, we all have our hands tied behind our back. 
blindfolded, feel me, spun around three times, feel me, were delirious and don't even know where to run. So people was running off track, running backwards. Some people just sitting down. Nobody knows where to go. And every few that managed to shake off the blindfold or free their hands and, and get ready, they, they shoot them dead. Yeah. Each and every one of them dead so they can't untie and help anybody else out. Yeah, so the... we're really set up to, to lose. And we can't win a game that we don't have no control over the rules. Every time we start winning, they change the rules up so that we can lose again. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And every, and every minority community in the United States and the other parts of the world, too. But you really feel it here because you, you, you're you aware, distinctly aware of how different you are than other people. When you, If you're in Mexico, everyone looks like you. So there's there's only the only distinction is money and really knowledge. When you have it here, it's money, knowledge plus race. That's an equation exactly. that you're always going to be losing at because the one way or another, you'll find you'll, there'll be a deficiency somewhere. If you have a lot of knowledge and you value money less, so then they're going to see you as a less of a person because you don't have that those monies, right? You don't have financials to back you up. But if you have financials and you're uneducated, there's a good chance you're not going to stay in that you know in that lane. You're not going to be able to maintain that finances without having the knowledge behind it. And then if you have both of those things, you have knowledge and finances. Usually, the, then the race there's always something that separates a person. Right. So, right. Uh, I have a I have an African friend, and I talk to her uh, a lot of uh, like a lot about Africa, a lot about being here and the differences. And she's like, "Man, everybody runs to America thinking that it's just this great land, and it's like so free and so equal, and they come here and still get treated like shit. They yeah. come here." I mean, like, don't get me wrong. A lot of people that uh, come to America do capitalize off of the opportunity and become doctors, lawyers, and in great professions in this world, no doubt. But they're still treated like shit. Yeah. As a doctor, as a lawyer, I think they're still treated like shit. They come here thinking that they're going to be treated freely, equally. It's a land of uh, everybody comes here, and so you're accepted. And then they come here and they see, no, it's the same type of oppression and bullshit just in secret. Like yeah. she said, I'd rather be in Africa where at least we know exactly what the hell is going on. We know who who to blame. We know it's the government. We know what's going on. They don't. It's not secretive over here. It's all subliminal. Like it's a different level of oppression being done in America in an entirely different way. That's why America is really glorified because America managed to control and enslave people without the people knowing. You know, I always thought that's one of the reasons why debates are not something that it's very popularized anymore. Because we had debates between people like James Baldwin, right? James Baldwin would stand up and talk about the Negro experience in America and how different it is from being Negro anywhere else in the world. And again, I'm I'm not I, I can't say because I don't my experience is different, right? I'm Hispanic. I have Hispanic blood and I don't look a hundred percent Hispanic. That's the problem, right? So I get treated differently and yeah. Either way, the experience that someone has gone through is complete. The, the lingo, the way that we talk, the way that we are in America is completely different from anywhere else. But when you have people that are in intellectuals debating that kind of information publicly, it makes people really start thinking like you're, you're probably making the gear spin on some people's minds. Or if they're already spinning, they were already thinking about it. Just the fact that you bring it up makes them kind of want to discuss this with someone else or internally later on. And that's what makes change occur. I don't know if violent change is always going to be... Even if you were to change the world violently, you roll through it with a tank and an army, because you did it in but a forceful way, is only a, there's only an there's only so long you can maintain that change because it was garnered by violence and aggressive means. That's not sustainable change. Sustainable change is educating people and making them more 
given the access to wisdom, given the access to intelligence, because a lot of people don't have that. And even if you had the opportunity to change things, if you didn't educate your, let's say, for example, you got a lot of wealth or a, a huge amount of knowledge, if you didn't pass that on to anybody in any meaningful way, that's the end of that. It was, what was the point of life at that point? It was over. So people can change the government forcefully and maintain force, but eventually people people will wake up. People will want freedom. It's, it's an inherently in everyone's heart to be free, to be part of a chaotic world, but know about the chaos. So you're aware, hey, there's lions, there's bears in this part of the, the forest. I have to avoid it. But if you have none of that knowledge, none of that's worth it. The life becomes empty. You know, I don't I don't think that's the homogenous, the utopian world. I don't know if that's going to be the best solution. Right. And uh, touching on what you said, bro, because you really were speaking some facts. Like what you said, taking taking control of the world in any type of you cannot bring peace with violence. Like uh, if you watched Avatar, feel me? Mm-hmm. And when when they when uh, Prince Zuko told uh, his uncle, he was like, "You could take out the Fire Lord easily. You got the you're gonna have the same boost from the comet, and you know, like you can take him out." And he answered him. He said, "The Avatar is the only person." that can bring peace to this world. If I take him out, it'll only be seen as another brother taking out somebody else for power. So even though some people might be able to see what you did it for, everybody's not going to be able to see it was for peace. Every, there's going to be the, this was this was all just so that you could be in power. This and you're, was a selfish reason. You're, uh, you're speaking to my heart, man. There's a lot of, a lot, a lot of people look down on things like anime, but there's storytelling avenues that, that have a lot to do that, that can, it can shift people's opinions very clearly. I remember, uh, I don't know, I mean, I'm a big fan of like uh, old-fashioned anime, including like uh, Naruto, which is not that old, but it's old enough. They had those uh, yeah. that discussion between Pain and Naruto, right, in that, in that show where Pain was telling them there's nothing that can unite people more than Pain. When you can understand what they've gone through and you decide that I'm going to stop the cycle of hatred, the cycle of pain, that's how you can reach a new level of understanding. In his mind, that was the answer. But when you look at the real world, that's pretty much, that's really true. When the black community went through the crack epidemic, nobody, you know, really helped. They didn't care until it started happening in their communities, to their people, to their sons and daughters, to their nephews, to their grandkids. That's when you're like, oh, okay, I I need this to stop. You know, they come with an empathetic view of things. And that's understandable. There's a lack of knowledge from their side. They believe the propaganda, but then you have to understand the propaganda machine is what keeps shifting people's opinions. That's how it divides us because that's where we get our thoughts and mind mindsets from rather than, than looking for knowledge ourselves and debating. Exactly. That's, that's, that's a, that's really facts. The, uh, like what people don't like to realize is like me personally, I'm a person that likes to look at things from all points of views and it's not easy to look at things from all points of views. So I'll look at things from a racist, like a person who's racist point of view. And it's like the media is literally set up for this person to be racist. Let's say you are a all white uh, child born in America, feel me? With white parents and white family, all you know is really white people, feel me? So the only image you see of African-Americans is really the ones you see on TV or on on your uh, Instagram, your TikTok. And so what do you see? You see stereotypical things of black people. Black people are violent. They loud, intimidating, whoop-de-whoop. So then let's say that white 
child then grows up to become a police officer, feel me? And now this white person looks at black people as a threat. Just being black, you're a threat. They think the hood is is a war zone and anybody in there is strapped up with, with all guns and ammunition and ready to unleash bullets on anybody who crossed their path. So now this this police officer, which let's be real, it don't take too much to become a police officer. It takes like, yeah. like a, a quick six month training course, then they're they're badged up and ready to go. Now he's out here and he pulls over some some young black man, eighteen year old black man that's driving. He pulls him over and he sees he's black. He's all his heart's already thumping because he he's threatened. He don't even he doesn't know anything. You're you're afraid of what you don't know. So he doesn't know anything. So he's looking at this black man. Now this black man, from his perspective, is a, a white police officer just pulled me over and I don't even know what I got pulled over for. So this black man's heart is thumping and it's beating. He don't got nothing in the car. He don't have anything with him. He's just trying to get home to his mom and, and, and go to sleep because he got work tomorrow. Feel me? Yeah. Now, police officers looking at him like, keep your hands on the wheel. Don't move, don't move, don't move twitching on the gun because he feel like this black man could could have anything feel me and now this black man he's just trying to protect his life he's like listen i'm chilling i'm chilling i'm chilling and and black people have a powerful voice because black people have a soul feel me so anything that comes out of a black man's mouth and uh in a situation of serious emotion is going oh he's coming back on right now the timer man i'm sorry about that that's absolutely true let, let me get you back in here man Yeah, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. All right. So yeah, now, now this white man is looking at this black man, hand on the gun. Is before he knows it, his hand is the gun is pointed at this black man. So me, he's telling this black man to relax, relax, relax. This black man is now completely in fear for his life because he has a gun pointed at his head. Now he doesn't know what to do. So whatever reaction you get could be. It, it really is a roll of the dice. Some some people stuck in fear. Some people trying to move out the way of the gun. Any type of movement, not as not as white man feels like he has to shoot. And now yeah. we lost a life because this white man was not properly informed of society. Yeah, I will say that what you're what you're describing right now is an adrenaline driven decision making based off of fear, and the fear comes from years of compounded information. That's you know again, it's exaggerated. It's not true. And to a degree, it doesn't even matter if the officer is white, but it, it, it's worse because it happens most often because they're uneducated with the people that they're trying to help or police. They're trying to supposedly keep the law and keep the peace in certain neighborhoods that they're not from. When I grew up, it, I, it, was, it, it was a poor neighborhood. It was, it was like the hood. You know, it was, we had Section 8 departments on one side that we couldn't even qualify for because we, we, we were just some family members weren't legal or however that was. So when we grew up in that scenario, we knew everybody. It was not matter if they were Hmong, Chinese, if they were Vietnamese, if they were black, Asian, white, because we all grew up in the same. Nobody would do harm to each other unless we really looked for it. But we're all neighbors. We wouldn't we would watch each other. We know when a car wasn't from our neighborhood, we would just, you know, like we had an eye out because we didn't know. We try to protect ourselves because we didn't have much to protect, but we still want to protect each other. We grew up without any of those feelings. Once you start getting into like, let's say, placement classes and you go to a different high school in a different area, you start realizing how they look at you weird and the way that they talk to you is a little off too. If I met somebody that was black or Asian, I'm like, hey man, do you guys want to get a burger, some shakes? What do you guys want to do? But if I went to a, when I had the experience going to a different school because, you know, I had some good grades in some areas 
and they put me there. And the first thing they would tell me is they were real nervous and tell me, do you, do you, do you like, I don't know, tacos or burritos? I'm like, why was that be the, the first thing you say? I mean, I do, but that's, I don't, it's kind of weird that you come up with that. It's so, so nervous. Like you're just making, you're making it awkward when you're talking. If I knew a white guy from our school, from our, from our area, from our hood, we, he would just talk to us and be, Hey man. So, um, real easy, like a normal human being. Like, do you want, do you want to get some tacos down the street or what? Like, yeah, let's go. But for them, it was it was like they're asking for permission to even acknowledge you as a person. It's weird because they're being so careful that it makes you think, are you racist, man? I don't know what's going on. It's just so weird that you're coming at me that way. Yeah, I, I know exactly the feeling. I uh, I grew up in a in a very bad neighbor, uh, neighborhood for me. I, I grew up in Philly and South Jersey, that, that area. I grew up in the city, poverty for me. You know about Philly, yeah. of course. So I'm, I had got the privilege of being able to find who my dad was, talk to him and, and, and get cool with him. So now I moved to San Antonio, Texas. And it was just for me to be able to get out of a bad environment, to be more of myself, to grow. You got to get out of, you got to move to bigger waters to become a bigger fish. Feel me? Yeah. So coming out here, it's like, I feel more love in the hood than I do from these people. Like, like people aren't as understanding towards uh, financial situations as you think. Out here is people of all different classes, feel me? Like, at a different level. Like, even back home, there was people who had it. But, like, that was really just middle class. Out here, there's really upper class, feel me, or upper middle and things like that. I didn't even know there was a upper middle. I thought middle was middle, feel me? Yeah. I didn't know it was a lower <laughs> Yeah, for real. You know, I used to get all so, my, when I was a kid, I got all my toys from like a thrift store. And I'm like, if I didn't, if I saw a commercial for something and I would go to a thrift store, I'm like, how come they don't have it here, man? I didn't even know because we didn't even shop at Walmart because it was a dangerous situation with our family. You know, we didn't, somebody didn't want to get deported or something. So we wouldn't go to those stores. We thought there was police out there waiting to take somebody. So yeah, yeah. I can completely understand, man. I didn't, I didn't have a normal like understanding of the world until way later. Bro, I had a girl tell me, I'm sorry, I don't speak section eight. Damn, dude. <laughs> That's wild, man. Was that somebody you were talking to? Someone you just met or what? I was talking to a completely other female. And me and the other girl, we were cool having a nice, calm conversation. It was at the roller skating rink. We were just talking, busting it up. The other girl was a really good skater. So I'm talking like, yeah, like how long you been skating? We having a good conversation. Her friend walks up and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. She has a boyfriend. I'm like, well, I really wasn't talking to her in that type of way. I really was just having a conversation. I, I'm like, she was like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't speak. Oh, sorry, man. This, this timer is an issue. I got to make sure I fix that for the next one. But I absolutely know what you're coming from, man. It's an experience that you have to you have to be from a certain. I don't. I wouldn't say even like uh, it's not an ethnic background, man. It's just you have to be from a certain class of like financial class to really understand where that comes from, man, because. I think it's worse once you add like ethnicity and other things to it, but you're definitely understanding the same language. We all had the same experience going to a nice school. We went to a nice school just to play when we played like football or track and that we got an experience of, wow, man, they're treating us super different because from what part of town we're from and we're from California, but we're not, you know, there's a lot, there's a big like difference between some areas of town and some completely other town, like three miles away. It's, it's super nice green grass. And then on the other side, you know, we're going through a drought. There's nothing. You can't even water the plants. You, you got to drink out of the faucet. The water bottles you find in the street, in like at a Walmart or Target look like they're the depreciated ones that somebody stepped on or something. It looks horrible, dude. Yeah, that's facts. That's that's really facts. Like out here, like 
they'll tell me like, oh yeah, this is this is the this is the hood. I'm like, man, this looks beautiful. Like this is this this is poverty to you. I'm like, I don't see an abandoned house nowhere. Like it's beautiful. Like, what are you talking about? It's a difference. Yeah, it's a different I, reality that those people will never understand. And sometimes, you know, I know that they mean well, dude, but I, I don't know about you. Uh, in all honesty, man, I know that people want to do good for others because, it, it, I mean, you have to be a real psychopath not to want to do good for another person or crazy in some right. way. But some people, when they come with like, I'm a healer, I'm here to, you know, here's what you got to do. You need to just take time off and, and reinvent yourself, find the thing that makes you happy. I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. Like, we can't even pay the rent sometimes. You don't understand how hard it is. Like, for I had there was a summer I had candles and I had a, we had a fan that like, we had a swamp cooler that broke down. So it was, it was hot, man. We just had to like take showers constantly throughout the day, dude. There's, there's some experiences yeah. that they'll never understand. And it's just, it's hard because you, I don't want to be hate. You know, I don't want to have hatred to someone else. I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm growing as a person, but it's just like, man, it's hard. Cause you can see that it's, there's some, there's some yeah. difference. Yeah, I understand what you And I honestly like, like that's like, I have similar problems. Like a big problem that I'll have like now is because I've been through so much a person who hasn't really gone through much will come to me talking to about to me what is small problems but to them is big problems yeah and so my reaction isn't as uh in stress and in distress as there is because to me it's like oh so your your parents said that you couldn't go out this weekend <laughs> like, oh, well. yeah that's true you know, I, I I don't mean to laugh, like, but it's it's hard not to because it's so true. People have uh they have a tendency like I'm going through anxiety right now. Like I got demoted. I'm like, you have a job though. Like this, I don't want to like say your pain isn't suffering, but I mean, you really have to yeah. understand where, where other people come from, man. Like it was, dude. I, I had to ride a bike to work. I worked at Full Locker when I was a kid, man. And I and I had a road out there, and, and I would dress in the back, dude. You know, it was funky. It was I was sweating. It was bad, dude. But it, it's just an experience. Like a lot of people like that, that I know, cause like me, I'm I'm road driven, so I always found a way to to get whatever I wanted. Like nothing was handed to me, so like I took it upon myself. And honestly, like that's really where a lot of character building came into play, cause I did a lot of I did a lot of things that I I really shouldn't have did for money. Like starting as a kid, like but I, I'm glad I did it as a child. So like by the time I got older, like now I know like to uphold morals. It's about how you get the money, not just getting the money. Feel me? A lot of people yeah. say, Oh, get money easy. If you if you if you broke that's a choice and this, that, and the third, I'm like, nah, like get money ain't the same for everybody. Some people got parents that set it up for them yeah. to get some money. Absolutely. Money, that's the one, yeah. I'm saying getting money is literally a, a, a do it yourself type of step by step guide for them. For other people, we start in like we basically giving a puzzle with no instructions we have to put this lego structure together with no pamphlet we lost the pamphlet the pamphlet was taken from us we got the lego pieces and they telling us build a rocket ship yeah we out here trying like some people can build the rocket ship don't get me wrong some people make their own kinds of rocket ship and the rocket ship look better than the ones that other people was finna design and people make beautiful art with the legos for me but for the most part, it's a learning curve that it takes. You got to pick the Legos up. A lot of people are not even picking the Legos up right now. Yeah, dude, that's so true. You know, in the, the man, when you when you think about the way that you have to grow and understand money, the way you have to understand the world, it's so off, man. It it sucks, but you know, in some cases, it really does help you to to uh, again, in in 
I wish they had like a podcast where they had all like hood stories of people that the things, the experiences they went through. And in my experience, I had a friend who was from Nicaragua, right? And his parents were like, they were escaping. So for them, they started saving every penny they had. They started building a college fund for him, not really knowing how it worked. There was a, during the early 2000s, there was that, you know, the financial ruin, you know, that happened to a lot of people, especially this happened to their family. The dad committed suicide. This kid was my age. As he was getting older, he was trying to, you know, decide what college he was going to, but it affected him so badly, man, that he's in, he lives in the streets right now. I, I, I go by the neighborhood where I used to live and I see him there. He, you know, he's, he's homeless. He doesn't, he doesn't want anybody to talk to him. He's just, he, he's drugged up sometimes and he's strung up because he went through so much, man. His mom was abused and she ended up in prison for money laundering, which she, she started, she, her, her husband was saving money for him in a college fund that didn't work out. He committed suicide. The mom then took over the house. She became a it became a single parent household. She started making money, and then she started avoiding. You know, when you're learning about taxes, it's a problem, right? So she started putting. She had more dependents. She's trying to find little ways to game the system to try to be able to make enough money to survive. But that's not taken into consideration when you break the law. Is you broke the law? It doesn't matter what the reasoning behind of it was. There's no empathy. There's no reason to think about that. So she wasn't hurting anybody in that way, but she was making extra money because of that. And due to that. She was in, she got taken away to prison, and then he ended up in SPCA. You know, she he ended up at like Child Protective Services. He ended up uh, that maybe that wasn't SPCA, but you know, he ended up in Child Protective Services. He went into he ended up with some family that was like three houses down because they were friends with them, and he was adopted. You know, and I don't know what happened to him. Only he knows the story. He never told it to anyone else, but he got you know addicted to drugs, and now he's he's homeless. Years later, it's been like 15, 20 years. And there's all these stories that happen in like in this hood, in this neighborhood that, that I grew up in, man. It's just downtown in like this, like there's a town in Fresno, California, for example, dude. It has the worst reputation in all of California. From my, from my understanding, there's a little, there's a few towns that are probably worse, but man, it was horrible just to see his life fall apart like that. He was in his family was trying to be set up the right way, coming to America, doing things right, but at the end of the day, it didn't really matter because things just didn't work out because they lacked the knowledge, they lacked information. And they were driven, but, you know, it just didn't work out. And it's just, there's, that's one of many stories that happen, you know, of kids that, that have a, that are, that are divided between two lives in high, in high school, they're trying to maintain them, their grade point average so they can go into a nice college to do sports and then learn about finance, learn about the law, learn about how things work, learn in a different vocabulary. And then they come home, but they're in this, they're in this, you know, area, dude, there's sometimes they can't resist the, the lifestyle. They can't resist the things that are happening. And, you know, years later, you see them wandering the neighborhood. You, you see them, yeah, they're still there. They're stuck. And it's sad to see, man. There's no way out in some situations. So when you talk about changing the world, that's that's really a big thing. I think changing the way that people perceive knowledge, having, like, active debates over, like, in, intellectual ideas and having the ability to share stories that happen in, in the hood, but also be able to, or in the, in any neighborhood, in any financial way, but just sharing those stories really helps shed light on the humanity and the empathy of what's happening. Because the only sh stories you see shared on the news are the people from affluent neighborhoods that are now they're drug addicts. You know, they Stacy needs help. Here's the uh, here's the GoFundMe. I'm like, yeah, but we didn't have that option. We had to work our ways out, and if we didn't work our way out, then that that was it, dude. We we're gonna wake up dead, or we're just gonna stay there. Like this is also something for me, like like. For one, feel me like I don't, like people don't like like you said when people don't look at your situation and think about your story. When you see a bum on the street, you see a bum on the street. You don't think about how they became a bum on the street, what got them there, what led them there. You, nobody gives a fuck. They drive by and like, ew, look at them, they dirty. 
feel me? And and keep going. Really, if you want to make a change in this world, you have to make a change in yourself. Feel me? It all starts with you. And that's what I like. I'm I've been learning and teaching myself. Feel me? I had to because I'm a real big helper. I feel like I have to help the world. I gotta help everybody. I'm passing on information, and and it kills me when so, I'm telling somebody that something they need to know, and they just won't listen. It, it, it destroys me. I wind up breaking myself down, trying to build somebody else up. So what you have to do is you have to set up your own strong foundations, set your own morals, learn how to learn how to live and abide by what you feel as though is right, because your soul knows for me. So your soul know what you know what you need to be doing, and it get it get hard. Like people talk about spiritual this and spiritual that, but when you really become spiritual. It's not nothing glamorous, for real, for real. Mm-hmm. When you really gotta talk to yourself, like I didn't, I didn't put my own self in tears by, bro, you're not doing what you need to do. You're spending money on the wrong things. You're focusing on the wrong things. You lacking. You getting too comfortable. It's times when you really gotta dig in on your own ass. You gotta tell your own self, like, yo, this is what you gotta do. Feel me? Because if you really wanna change the world, you gotta be as strict on yourself as you're gonna be on the world. That's how real leaders is born. Yeah. That's how you really become a king. That's and, how Genghis Khan was built, you know? He, he saw suffering, he saw rape, he saw destruction, he saw segregation occurring in his own community, and he decided, I'm going to unify them through violence, and then I'm going to, they're going to see the way I work. They're going to see, I mean, he's a horrible person in the eyes of many people's history, but if you look at it, what he was doing, he was really a Democrat. He was really like, he got people from different backgrounds. Hey, what, what do you do? I'm a mathematician. Are you the best mathematician? Then you're going to be the lead. You're going to teach them what you're doing, and you're going to inform others. What are you? Like, oh, I'm a son of a prince. What are you good at? I'm good at ruling. All right, we don't need you. What are you good at? And he got people the best of their skills. He gave them the highest positions possible to educate them. That's something that you don't yeah. see nowadays. Leadership is is exactly. frowned upon. It is. It is. And that's why I really feel as though we need to bring back monarchy. I want one ruler. We At least with a king, you know exactly who the fuck to blame. When shit go wrong, you know who it is. It's this nigga fault. If if your country is fucked up, it's this nigga fault. Get him the fuck off this chair. Somebody else need to come call the shots because you don't know what you're doing. When you got this whole uh, system of people upon people upon people, you don't know who to blame. You don't know who to get on. You say the government, the government. The, who the fuck is the government? Who is you really? You got to get rid of, you got to annihilate basically a mini militia of people in order to really get people, get what you really want to be done. Because you can get one out, but majority rule. You can get two out, but majority rule. So you always losing. But a king, you know, get the fuck out the chair, bro. <laughs> I do think that you need to make a change. I don't know, man, because when I think about monarchies, I think of the, the situation like King Jong-un. I think of a, a Gaddafi. I think of, like, you know, all the leaders that are there. Everyone, you know, doesn't like them. But their, their own country kind of has respect for them, right? Because they won't remove them from their chair. When you're thinking about... I know that one of the big arguments is like, if you have a king, then what what do you need to do to the king? You need to kill him. Then why don't they do that with like Kim Jong-un in North Korea? Why don't you do that with like Putin? And there's a large majority that doesn't like him, guaranteed. And maybe they don't have the weapons to fight back as well. This is very important to be trained and be able to have some weapons. But on top of that, how do you... My, 
how do you remove them if the majority of the country agrees with them? The majority of the country agrees with Putin. They like him. We hear in, in the Western news that they don't like him. But if you ever have gone to visit, you realize all the people here really idolize him, even if he is evil. But he's doing things for their country. So he, they love him. You look at like uh, how they that, how they portrayed Fidel Castro in like Cuba. Everyone said, oh, the Cubans hate him. The Cubans like this. They need to get rid of him. He's causing all this like hatred. He's destroying everything, the crops. And then you you go and you look at it, the viewpoint from someone that lives there. They loved him, even yeah, though he every leader is crazy. But, you know, well, what do you do? How, how do you cause balance? What with that with that is just true leaders bring loyalty for me. Yeah. Nobody's taking King Jong Un out his out his uh, spot because people are loyal to him. When you know how to bring loyalty to you for me. People don't take you out for me. They respect you. Even they even respect your mistakes. I for real, for real, people really think about it. Putin isn't really doing anything new for me. He's not really doing anything really wrong. He's seen Ukraine right there, a small little country, just chilling there. He's like, Well, y'all not really doing shit. We might as well just scoop y'all up, like be a part of this. Like I might as well like he's just expanding his land. Like Everybody, like, oh my God, he's so bad for expanding his land. That's what we've been. That's what's been done, like, for thousands of years. Like, come on now. Like, that's that's what that's the white man's culture. He's sticking to his culture for real, for real. If anything, we need to be sticking to ours. But then, how do you stop? Comes, how do you how do you stop him when when he goes too far and the country wants to change back? There's they're not allowed to have weapons. They're not a, a lot of it could be honor and respect, which I think is there's a big play in that. But others, you can see that is a lot of fear rather than respect, because that's why you have to put up fences and you have to have guards there to keep people from escaping from your country, because there's no they don't have is, intelligence. They just they're just a farm worker that wants to leave. But you're trying to keep them in there. Isn't that fear? Well, yeah, no, nah, that's facts. A lot of rulers are leading with fear. And that's simply because these rulers are armed with knowledge, feel me? They have access to knowledge that they don't release to everybody else. What did uh, Hitler do when he became leader? Immediately burned a bunch of all the knowledgeable books. So it, doesn't that show that fear is a motivating factor? Like the reason why people are so politically correct is because they're scared. They're scared of being yes, ostracized. Yes. They're scared of being kicked out of their positions. They're fearful. And the same thing with a leader. Why would you put up a fence and shoot down your own people? It's because you're fearful of them betraying you or convincing others of how wrong you are of a leader. Not facts. <clears throat> people have been put in a place of fear, and that has been the most popular uh, way of leading, feel me. But when leading is done right, because right now all we have is shitty leaders. Yeah, Everybody that's right. We have some bad examples in, in our current day. We had some good yeah. examples in the past, but even then they cause a lot of a lot of you know hardship. You can't uh, not to interrupt you, but here's a thought. We, we you mentioned something at the beginning when we were talking about how money is is just magic that we believe in. It's something that's fake, right? We put value in it, the government puts value in it, so we believe it. It's not based off of anything anymore, really. But if money wasn't around, what do you think people would use in order to get what they want? They would use. They would go back to what was done before, trading services. So, so let me ask you a question. So that's good. You would trade services. Let's say, man, you have some really good mangoes. I want those mangoes. Mm -hmm. Hey, I have I have milk, and you're like, I'm good. I'm good, fam. I have enough milk in this fridge to last me a, a lifetime. I don't need no more. Oh, okay. Well, maybe do you want a table? And you're like, I don't. I'm good with the table. Like I have my wife. Would you take her? And you're like, Nah. I don't really like the way she looks. She looks kind of stinky. I don't I want her. I get what you're saying. So what would like, they do? When I, 
when I say as in a trade of services for me, it's like you might not need like like in your situation, like all right, bro, you got mangoes and I really need some mangoes. Well, really, there's going to be a bunch of people with mangoes, so you could go to somebody else. Or if you wanted to, if you wanted to just go to him, feel me? Let's say he's closest in range. That's just where you need to get your mangoes from. He don't need no milk. That's not what you need. But he might need something fixed. He might need wires done to his house. He's an electrician, feel me? So you know how to wire a house. Yeah, like, but, but but we're naming a everybody has. We're naming a good scenario, a perfect scenario where like you have you have the best mangoes, you have the apple of mangoes. You're the they're the most popular, even though there's so many other mangoes out there. Yours have this flavor, they have this taste. I want them so bad, and I can't. I'm like, hey man, I'll build you a house, I'll build you a shed. Like I don't want any of it. If if that scenario were to happen, because in most cases you're reasonable and you're like, oh okay, I guess why not? Uh, You know, I'm nice. I'll just give it to you for free. I don't care. But in a scenario where you're like absolutely not having it, like I'm not giving you no matter what, even there's nothing you have that I want and I don't even like you. What would you need to get that? Well, honestly, there's businesses like like that now, even with money. People walk in and they... Oh, man, that timer, I got to fix it. Okay, yeah, hop in as soon as you can, man. But the, the point I'm trying to make is in a scenario where you're having to barter, you're having to trade, and they're not willing to give you service, whether it be like a store, like a Gucci store that you can afford it, they just don't want you to wear it or something like that. The the base human trait, the base human trait for exchanging something is violence. If we were to go back to that, if you don't want my, you don't want my fruits, you don't want the woman I have, you don't want the land I have or whatever, or my, the woman is trying to trade me for something, regardless, if you don't want nothing, but I need that and you're not willing to give it to me. It goes back to like uh, Walking Dead or something. Everybody re- resorts back to like, you know what? It's easier to just point this gun at you. Give me what you have, or a sword, or whatever. Violence is like well, the the base way of trading. All of that, all of that comes with. Uh, I feel as though all of that comes with leadership because rules is always like rules ain't aren't bad for me. It's no, absolutely not. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, bad rules are in place for me. So let's say. I'm the ruler of this uh, hypothetical world, feel me? And I'm the king. And so currency is no longer a thing. I'm saying, fuck, honestly, currency is really finna no longer be a thing within a few years. Be honest with you, it's going to be all virtual shit. But so let's say I'm setting this up, feel me? I wouldn't have it to where is people come to you offering, oh, I can do this for you or I can do that for you. Is I have mangoes for me. This is what I require for mangoes for me. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I need for a mango. If you don't have this for the mango, then that's not what I want. So it's something that he needs. It's not, like, you're not going to just sell mangoes if you don't need anything for me. You're not going to have mangoes on display if there's nothing that you need. So it's like, for mangoes, you get this. The more mangoes you give, like, the more uh, whatever product it is that they need or whatever service it is, however much work they need done like but this is how you get your mangoes so right this is what i got this is what i need for me so i, I agree with like, that I, I agree if you set up a rule uh, of trade of monetary system that's based off of like here's i'm gonna i need some baby formula in exchange for this service that i do or this thing if you have something somebody who's managing that system then you're gonna need a government you're gonna need somebody to uphold those laws or these rules because i know like for example growing up in certain areas we knew like hey there, there's some like cowboy logic in some some hoods in some areas. Hey, if I trade you a pair of Jordans for like a backpack, 
and I need that controller, that PS5 controller, then you you mm-hmm. you honor that deal. There's no need for a cop or anybody to step in. But if you were to mess up that deal, then what happens? Exactly. Violence, yeah. right? And you you everybody steps yeah. aside, going, "All right, he deserves it, man. He knew the deal. Everybody was aware. It's just you don't do that." Exactly, and and that's where that's what I'm saying. Like there's there's nothing wrong with having leadership and rules in place and people to enforce the those rules. For me, it just becomes bad when there's not people who's really enforcing them rules right and people who's abusing power and, and making making rules to really for no reason. It, that's when things start getting selfish and people start getting greedy is when things start getting outrageous. Yeah, and absolutely. Have, if it's utopian then you don't you have no reason for violence, but the the chaotic truth of the world is is always going to be like I think growing up in in this situation for me I I always learned that at some point if things go south that's the one thing you can't forget. You know, that's that's what people took when you needed. A, I need your land. I don't want to give it to you. All right. Me and my boys are going to roll through. It's our land now. It's violence is something you can't deny. And I know that you're not denying it, but I think the people out there imagine that if we had a different system, then we wouldn't need violence. I'm like, I don't think you understand. Like, it's always going to be a part of humanity. Yeah. No doubt. You always have to. There's, there's always going to be evil in this world and you can only neutralize that evil with with force you have to you have to be able to defend against what's coming yes so if true. you don't have if you don't have no way of defending that and it doesn't always have to be with killing somebody for me and i feel like that's where people like oh they think violence means kill somebody yeah it no. doesn't yeah violence, absolutely yeah violence just simply means defend against evil for me because keep it 100 punching somebody in their face for no reason everybody's looking at you like like bro like, yeah you're the villain now then no one's gonna have sympathy for you if they don't know the context of what's going on yeah but if somebody let's say spit on your sister and then you walk up and you punch him in his face you defended your sister yep. against some asshole so now it's like oh all right like yeah you defended like there's honor in what you did when you do things without honor when you do things without a reason that's when things become evil or chaotic for me 100 percent, yeah the balance between everything in order to keep a balance you have to have a little bit of chaos you gotta have a little bit of chaotic energy in you you yeah. gotta be willing to fight yeah a lot even of people in, even the most high strike your ass down <laughs> that's right the, the most the kindest of people need to understand how important it is to not destroy that part of you you can't be meek 100 percent. you need to be able to i mean if, if it was a utopian world dude for sure you don't get kicked someone's gonna step in and help you but in this, in the real world, in the existence of the the universe that exists, love bonds things together. But also, you need to have to you have to be able to have the force to be able to defend the things you love. You need to be, not be afraid of like I can't take jujitsu, I can't uh, I don't, I can't touch a weapon because a weapon is made for killing. Yeah, but it can deteriorate people from wanting. It, it, it can be a deterrent in certain violent situations. I don't think eliminating the idea of violence would be the wisest thing to do knowing that there's animals out there that don't understand the concept of love if you run into a bear in the woods maybe if you raise the bear you could mitigate a lot of the violent tendencies that it might have as an animal to survive but out in the woods you can't hug a bear you can try and you'll see what happens you know you go missing the parts of you would be all over the place it's horrible to say things like that but it's the truth you can't you can't sanitize your ears at all times you have to understand that's the reality of the world and i think that's the only way you can build a better world understanding the realities of it you can't say like homeless people don't exist i mean they do 
And here's kind of the reasons that, that they do exist. Here's what we, we can do to mitigate that. Like even the people that try and say like, oh, you can't have no type of violence. And even those those peaceful people, even they don't believe the lies that they tell themselves. Because the second something Jurassic happens, they're going to call them people with guns to come and handle that situation. Yeah. If they get caught in the with a bear, they call in. Yeah. Call <laughs> the politicians that want to get rid of weapons have private security following them around. So it's like, come on, man. Like, you want to get rid of weapons, but yet the people around you, all those black SUVs, everybody has AK-47s and weapons and ammo. So what are you talking about? Like, you don't live what you're saying. You don't. Even Gandhi said that he hated modern medicine. He let his wife die. And then as soon as he got the similar disease, what happened? He ended up taking the medication. He ended up taking the treatment. So I, I talked about this early when we first started this podcast years ago. I said that my base belief of humanity is I love humans. I think we have a potential to, to love greatly. But you can't ignore that we're all hypocrites to every single human being, whether you're a politician, whether you're a spiritual person, whether you're teaching healing or whether you're religious. Every single human being at one point or another shows their colors and everyone's a hypocrite. Batman's a hypocrite. He doesn't exist. And the people in real life that Biden's a hypocrite. He created the crime bill. Uh, everybody Trump is a hypocrite and says that he loves people. He does this. Every single person is a hypocrite. When you say that that's not true. You're being a hypocrite too. I think you, you, you're not going to live a healthy life if you don't accept those kind of realities. That's facts, and a lot of people don't want to accept uh, accept that as a fact. It's just like there's people that don't accept that they're liars. But for real, for real, I feel like the people that like it's people that embraced it. Even even the bad people, like people that embrace it, that really become empowered. Yeah, like, the connection. They like they like yeah they know they evil they know what they doing is wrong and they know everything they doing is bad, but accepting that just the simple fact of accepting that I feel as though is what is why you get criminals that really seem to have no karmatic consequence to what they do. It's like how can you do this and just nothing happened to this man like but a person will steal one time and get caught. And yeah. It's like because you 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 wasn't really for that. Yeah. You didn't embrace what you was doing. You tried to convince yourself that it was good. And that's exactly why you got, like, in your soul, you felt it was wrong. When a person's soul has been tainted but so much, and it's just like, fuck it, I'm, I'm evil. Yeah, that's what, that's what no when, when you hear the killers, when they catch somebody who's murdered someone and they do an interrogation, and then they, they find out more about their background after a psychological, like, debrief, you realize all the things they went through. They're just like, nobody cared about me, so I didn't care about them. It's one of the, you get tainted by the hatred or, or by being, you know, treated too coldly. But I think, again, there's love. There's beautiful things in the world, right? You see a child smile. That's beautiful. When you fall in love and you're holding hands, you're looking at each other's eyes. There's so much beauty. It's a miracle to be alive, and it's a beautiful thing to be alive. But you can't ignore the evil you can't you can't try to say i'm just gonna hug everything and there's gonna be no problems i'm like you can't that's not the reality or maybe that's your reality because you never really faced you know the, you never stepped on the grass outside and you realize hey man those there's danger out there man there's a lot of danger not nah, fact and i feel like because like the way that they have us conditioned and programmed as a society like i feel like going by uh, biblical terms, everybody here will burn. Like there's not a single person here on this on this room that cut that makes the cut. Yeah, if you follow like, the Bible to the teeth, everyone is lied at one point, so that's a sin. And if you, you get forgiven, you're gonna tell me that you don't have hatred or some kind of like incandescent thought in your heart or mind. Yeah, absolutely true. 
you can't live by those standards 100% because everyone failed at it already daily. I'm, no way you're going your entire, there's no way you're, you're saying like, all right, from today on, I'm just not going to, not going to fuck up in any type of way. You're human. You're, you're, you're mortal. Feel me? There's no way in hell that you're about to just live a perfect life from today on. I don't care how old you are from today on, you're going to fuck up. Yeah, I want to ask you a thought here too. I know that we we talked about this uh, many episodes ago, but depression and anxiety was like rampant during uh, COVID. Not to say that it didn't exist before, but it was much more obvious. And if, and I'm gonna I know I'm I'll probably run out of time here, so you can jump back in, obviously. But the we we had a discussion about depression. We had a psychologist on, and they were talking about depression. And clinical depression is a little different than, I mean, it's it's everyone diagnoses it differently. But one thing that we've always noticed about friends personally in our lives that were like not feeling 100%, they were depressed, they were having anxious thoughts, is that a lot of the times their sentences always started with I. Like, I'm not good enough, I'm not feeling good, and nobody loves me. Like, it's a lot of self-like thinking. Not to say that you shouldn't think about yourself. You should get to know yourself better on a deeper level. But it was something that cannot be uh, overlooked. Everywhere you look... There was a lot of people that when they're depressed or they're anxious, if you analyze your own thoughts, the people that have the depressive feelings always thinking about themselves. I'm not good enough. I was abused. I, I, not to say that you weren't or that you shouldn't feel bad about it. You shouldn't grow and become a better person from it or try to survive. But if your thoughts are spinning down a drain and they're constantly about you, that's a good indication of where the depression might be coming from. Because a lot of people that are self-sacrificing for others still feel sad, still, still feel depressed, but it's not to a point that you feel debilitated. What is your thought on that? Bruh. Oh, I think you're cutting off. Uh, that connection is going in and out. I don't know if... Uh... One, some real truth, like before was just doing whatever they did to fit into society and then when you locked in like by yourself for for so long for one isolation is already enough to drive people crazy there's more than enough stories about isolation driving people insane so when you by yourself and you don't know who you are for real you don't know how to act you don't know how to behave and then when you finally do like get comfortable with yourself and then you get migrated back to society everything's like removed go ahead circulate now you around a whole bunch of people and you don't know how to behave because you don't know what's accepted you don't know like if people gonna look at you funny because you've been so comfortable in yourself for so long and now you feel as though you have to shift how you behave in front of people and i'm, I'm honestly like happy because there's a lot of people who uh got so comfortable with themselves that they no longer care about what anybody else thinks, feel me? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I feel like it was it was a, a bittersweet type of moment. Like some people uh, flourished through quarantine, and some people broke down. It all like depended on your mental strength. Yeah, I think you get that uh, the David Goggins push, you know, where you understand your pain and you're not trying to run away away from it, but you're trying to dominate it. You're trying to understand it. So that way it doesn't take over. If you understand where the fear is coming from, then you won't be as scared, right? If you know what the layout of your kitchen is and you turn off the light, you don't freak out because you know where everything is. You know that you turned it off. 
But if you have no knowledge, if you're just going on instinct and everything goes black, you don't know what's going on, you don't know where you're at, of course, panic is inducing. It, it, it takes over, right? Exactly. And some people get comfortable in routine and change in routine fucks them up in general. So going from freely moving to strict rules and like just a snap of a finger is enough to drive a motherfucker crazy. Like, yeah. It's like you're putting someone in prison, but it's a prison that they induced to themselves and they can't do anything to come out of it because if they try to go out, they're scared of either getting a disease that they don't even know where it's at. They can be anywhere around them. It can be on any surface. That fear, that anxiety is, can drive anyone crazy. And that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. When you're too stuck on yourself or on your own fears and not, you know, learning more about something, that can really be yeah. a, a detriment. That can really destroy a person internally. Yeah, and you see that in like you see a lot of people like really on TikTok and stuff that start like use that time to like really hone in on their hobbies and crafts. Like you see a whole lot of artists and and people designing stuff and creating things. Yeah. Like more and more TikTok, and it's like I like that's why it's just like there was a, like I say it's a bittersweet moment because it's like the people who really like utilize their time like you can see they utilize their time and the people who just chose to just like sit in their problems and and basically just like rot in their fear like you see that in them and it's like people starting to come together now like because what else do we have to do besides focus on us that's why i say we need one more lockdown i feel like i feel like we need one more just one more quick little section just for people to like focus again let these people focus (laughs) you're wild don't you (laughs) I don't know, man. I, I think there's benefits to it. I don't think it I'm that, that I don't think the society can handle another one, but I think people do need to like rearrange their mindsets and understand, you know, hey, you know, you can't you can't escape fear. Might as well accept it and kind of move forward because and some people get mad, you know. I I've seen people like in real face to face conversation when something like that is expressed, like, oh, so you want people to die. I mean, people are dying every day, man. People are dying from car accidents, people are dying from drinking soda, people are dying from falling off of trees. Like you you can't you can't put plexiglass everywhere and you can't not put bubble wrap on everything you do. You just have to accept there's consequences. There's fear everywhere, but maybe you feel less of it if you understand what logical, you know, things can really happen. I don't know why you, some people imagine it way worse than sometimes it is. Not facts. And also like when, like what also creates like an increase in, in anxiety is when everybody is telling you like, there's, there's a, there's a, uh, invisible virus basically just, everywhere and around you and anywhere you go you could just get struck at any time and people are just dying from this and like you could kill yourself simply by just enjoying time with your friends and you got your parents screaming this in your ear oh man timer uh yeah absolutely do you when you feel like you're in a horror movie you feel like mike myers is running after you do you can you understand can you have a moment of peace where you're not scared when you think something's coming after you not to say that it that it doesn't exist of course it exists but can you imagine that Dante, give me one second. I want to let uh, Brandy speak real quick. Uh, Brandy's been waiting in the lobby for a little while, so I want to put you back in right after this. Uh, thank you for coming on. I, I want to hear your thoughts on what we've been talking about, Brandy. Yes. Um, give me one second. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, let me go into a different room. Sorry. No problem. No problem. I'll try not to talk uh, talk over or take too much time. I want I want you to express yourself as well. I apologize. I know I saw you in there. I just, um, okay, 
So I just felt with, with listening and uh, to what Stephen Dunst was talking about, I want to came to. Uh, that was wild though. Like when he said another lockdown, I was like, "Whoa, buddy, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking like the other people. I said that might be the straw for some people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh no! Like you said, some people get really upset. Um, so yeah, that's a touchy one. But uh, I think that um, basically, like with the whole um depression, you know, the depression uh, thing when comes to self people are usually like i right and I, i'm someone that you know dealt with anxiety and uh supposedly depression comes with that and stuff and he's also you know i agree with him when uh some people like for me I'm, i used to teach i uh, started getting into tiktok and then i started you know like doing skits acting and then i'm a podcaster so that like that floors even more so i think that saved me right mm-hmm. because for some i i probably wouldn't have been able i don't know what i would have done being uh, you know, being basically kind of alone, you know, a lot of people lost their lives. There's a lot of suicides with, with children. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was wild. But I think personally, it, it, it all affects people differently. And I think a lot of times God has different purposes for different people for reasons that things happen. Um, like for me, it was more like I, it was more, I'm like an empath, right? So I, um, I feel like I feel everybody else's like pain, you know, pain mm-hmm. yeah. even when they weren't around me. Just being the world, you know, um, hurt. Like all these lives that are being lost and stuff like that. And so for me, it was important that I, I had to do something with that because taking that all in and just, I felt like I was like pulling the weight of the world, like wanting just to make everyone one better, you know? And so for me, I feel like um, that, I hope this is making sense. It's, it makes like sense that, um, for for you, Randy. Yeah. So as as you were going through it, you must have seen. Maybe I'm not right. So I, I'm always open to being wrong because I want to be. I want to have a, a good opinion, and I want to be able to select what makes the most sense. I want to be logical. But do you think that so the idea of when someone feels anxiety and depression, sometimes it can be chemical, something in in the body, something that you're eating, something that you know happened to you. But in most cases, do you feel like that's a good point that people tend to have that because they're thinking about themselves and they're dwelling on their own problems, their own limitations? Or do you, where do you think that spans from in the majority of cases? Oh, man. I always say with people, um, even like all human beings in this world, I think a lot of times it has so much to do chemically, like what we what we eat, what we're not putting in our body. You know, everything we put in our body goes you know, to our, our, our brain right and so that's a very serious important matter that no one talks about like it's very imperative right because people react and do things a lot of times because of what they they you know and we don't understand our bodies like that because no one told us no one's telling us right so i do i do think that has um like a whole a whole lot a whole lot to do with it i I personally that'll be like my like my top number one thing is that our, we all are pretty all of us have some sort of you know like I think we're all suffering from PTSD that to be on, honest with you yeah especially from all of this we just didn't realize it yeah, and none of us yeah, had perfect upbringings because our, our parents weren't fully grown when they had us in most cases so we were also going back and untangling wires of uh, how we were raised and how the world has changed so we're growing exactly. in a situation with different lessons that they had compared to the, what they had 
I, yeah, yeah. And think about what we all just went through. Like nobody walks us through this. To this day, no one has any like world leader or no one has stepped up and say, okay, let's talk to the people. You know what I mean? They get our, our attention all the time, like on the news and all that stuff. Like nobody has tried to address anyone, all of us as a, as a whole, because we've never experienced anything like that before, you know? Yeah, they keep and, adding to the uh, to the table know. of anxiety. They keep adding to that stack of anxiety. Now the, the next thing is, oh, well, global warming is now that we've gone over the pandemic, global warming is a big thing. It's a problem. And oh well, you know that's something. The next, the next thing to be fearful of, rather than all right, listen, we just went through this situation. Here's what we've learned. Here's what we can do to improve. Here's the things that we need to do better if it ever happens again. Here are the mistakes. I'm sorry, this I made a mistake as a leader. This is what I was thinking was going to happen, but the experts told me this, and I believed it, and I should have double checked. There's none of there's no accountability in a sense in a logical way. So everybody feels like. There's no solution. There, there, there's, uh, there's just only more to worry about. Which you know, and if you look at it that way, there's always going to be something to worry about. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, Dante, I'm going to have you come back on, man. I really think uh, the more people think, the more people acquire wisdom and use it in their lady, daily lives. That's what makes positive change visible, palpable. Yeah, man. Uh, for real, for real, I, I was uh, feeling what Brandy was saying, man. Uh, Brandy, you got a beautiful soul, girl, for real. And I feel like, feeling like when being like her being an empath and, and, and what she was uh, speaking on that, like feeling for, for so much, like in that time, like during quarantine, like, like me, myself, I'm not one for me. Like, like I can, I, I have sympathy and empathy for people, no doubt, I'm human, but I'm not to that extreme as the way she said she was. And like being that, like I have friends who are, and it's like feeling that much distress and and like all around you really can like like it's like it's like a tap on spirit, like energy, like and yeah. and it's like she, I, I want to say she wrote strong for being able to like find like hobbies and things to do. Like in that time to be able to like, like combat them problems. Like that shows real mental. I mean, she's she's way older than me, so like I'm pretty sure she got way more experience than I do. But I really do be admiring. Like I admire like strength in people because like I know how hard it really be to fight like like mental battles, anxiety for years because like I have I have a bad family like I like my life story is crazy and I could really talk all day about things that I've been through you know we should but uh we should really schedule an episode someday that we can record together I'm sorry maybe bro, this... I'm down bro I'm down yeah send us a, a message through here afterwards because I, I definitely want to talk to you my stuff started from me because my mom got paralyzed in the third grade for me. So, yeah, I followed you, bro. Uh, I don't know how the message works. I really don't even be on here that much, but I really just clicked on this thing today. I was just like, I just feel like talking to somebody. And then th- th- this happened. But now, man, so like from being like having to step up since the third grade, being an older brother and like taking care of my mom and stuff, like, I felt a lot of depression because I felt like I was never able to be a kid. I was never able to enjoy myself being a child. 
because my mom suffered such a bad thing. Like she uh she's healed now and she's she's better in walking and I'm helping her out. And she's an asshole. Love her to death though. But <laughs> it's like a lot of that. <laughs> You're honest, that. though. That's true. Every, everyone, no matter what, dude. Even if you're if you're in a wheelchair, you want to feel sympathy. But everyone's a person, man. You have your good days. You have your bad days. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just like, like I was, I felt such so bad emotions because I had nobody telling me anything good about myself. Feel me? I didn't have no like for real, for real, I didn't really speak to people at school. I was like real isolated because I didn't like like I I was going through so much. I felt like nobody could relate to what I was going through. I didn't feel like even adults could relate to the pain that I was going through, feel me? So it's like all of that depression would like build inside of me. I didn't know what to do. I came to a point to where I I tried to kill myself a couple of times, feel me? And me not dying showed me that I wasn't meant to. And then that's when I got deep into like fixing my own spirit, fixing my own soul, doing, the, doing like the right self-healing and stuff. And I'm like, 14 at this time like i'm i'm trying to self-heal thinking like i'm thinking like my problems is, is horrible at 14 years old i mean like that was bad no, no wrong feel me but it's like i have so many years ahead of me and i'm trying to trying to uh atone for sins and so much as if i'm 40 and like thinking back like i laugh about it but it's like i was so serious like i'm i'm in my room like like reading books about like all different types of religion. I'm trying to get myself so right because I realized that I had to be strong for my siblings. Like I have I have seven different siblings for me. And so it's like me being like the firstborn boy and the second oldest, it's like I have to be able to lead the way. Yeah. If, if I kill myself for me, what will they do? Yeah, they'll give up if too. They'll follow that example. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like I have, I have to be strong and show them that there's a way to like a way to be better, and that's what I really try to do every day. Man, Dante, I uh, there's a mess messaging option there, but if not, our our uh, our links, our social medias is on there. So please like reach out. We'll do a recording for sure, man. That's I think more stories like these need to be collected. When you really think about like the way that society looks at strength. It always seems like it's violent, right? You, you, when you hear the word strength, you think of military action. You think of people hurting another person, but really, strength is 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 having the emotional capacities to survive or overcome. You know, maybe depression, maybe anxiety. You can beat it by sometimes having the strength to overcome it yourself. You know, and that's that's not always the case. I know that sometimes professional help will always be the best help, but at the same time, if you can't afford it, if you don't have the circumstances to be able to do it. Or if you just you haven't worked up the courage to do something like that, valuing strength in daily to day life is really important. It can really shift the way that people think about you. It can really shift the way you think about yourself, and maybe not allow other people to really have that kind of an influence over how you feel or how you act in a day. I think it's very important. Uh, I'm not perfect. I, I I've had struggles. Everybody has struggles, but the honesty of expressing that I think is really is really lost in many cases. Uh, there's a good there's a good thing to show you that you're weak and you have weaknesses, but there's more strength in showing that you came out of it in a very positive way. But uh, I don't want to take any more time. We do have a recording that we are going to do today, so I want to honor that time. 
for now, I just want to say thank you guys for listening, for those that were listening. And uh, Dante, Brandy, thank you for coming on. Everyone else that was listening in the lobby, even if it was only for a minute or two, I really appreciate that. I think it's a, it's a shift that we really, you know, we, 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 or I really care about, and I'm really happy that people can express themselves. We do talk a lot about stupid things. We're idiots. Uh, our group of podcasters, I'm an idiot, but we love to talk to people, man. We like to have a platform that people can use to express themselves. And if you, there's no real, we're not really learning anything specific. We're learning about people's lives, maybe the differences that they have. But at the end of the day, we're all human. So I would really appreciate if people want to support um, by contributing stories or sending us emails of some of the things. We'll want to go ahead and have some segments to read that uh, to the audiences, to the people that we're sharing it with too. I think it's beneficial for everybody to be able to have a, a place where you can send notes of your diary. Let's just say that. Something you want to share that you don't know how to, send it to us. Let us be, be a voice for you and let us just at least talk. And if you have a voice for yourself, come and talk however you want to do it. I appreciate it very much. I hope you guys have a great day. Um, and, well, you know, again, we'll be talking soon for sure. All right. Thank you. Hey, Bob, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Let me just invite uh, the other guy. We were doing a uh, quick uh, wisdom episode. We're just uh, recording on there. So oh, okay. No problem. My bad. I mean, take your time. I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss you guys. No, no, I, I appreciate it. We were just... There we go. Hey, Void, how are you? You left me hanging, bro. My bad. It got, it got really heated. <laughs> a heated conversation. I didn't... Oof. Okay. Uh, hey, so we I, we're recording remotely today, unlike last time. Um, so I don't have the lighting right now. So I look like a dark shadow, so I'm just gonna leave it off for right now. But Bob, it's, it's been a it's been the last couple of months, man. We really appreciate you coming back on. Hopefully, we get some good conversation going right now. Yeah, no problem. All right, let me. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start the recording.